0: Ole ole. Hey Luke, how are you, man? Hey, check this out. Check this out. Watch this, watch this. Look at my face. So right now Luke is looking at my Skype face. Uh-oh. What the hell? Uh-oh. Where am I is going, Luke? Where am I going? It's Whoa. an adjustable Whoa. desk. Look at that. Desk goes up. Desk goes down. Desk Where's goes it up. going? Desk goes down. <laughs> A little it too low. It just keeps going. Because I'm sitting in a high chair.
1: <laughs> what would be funny if someone well, just like walks by Anywho. and sees you doing that?
0: <laughs> cloud goes up. Goes cloud, down. Goes down. Goes up cloud, cloud goes down. Cloud goes up. down. Yeah, right now I'm in the youth room. I'm in the youth room. We just did staff photo day at the old parish My office. Be so that's 20 exciting. seconds
1: before you tell us about your employees or the fact that you have employees.
0: So, anywho, <laughs> me and my employees were hanging out, and uh, <laughs> me talking about my employees all the time is me reminding myself that I have responsibilities to people larger than me. <laughs> Not that they're physically larger than me. I'm still the king I mean, there. a few of them but, are, but, you I know, mean, whatever.
1: There's always <laughs> one fat youth minister. No, he quit. <laughs> <laughs> and he wasn't fat. Oh, that was always me. To be clear, I want to be very clear here. I was always the
0: heaviest one in the room. Oh man, that's me now. Dang it! <laughs> oh <laughs> oh fat no. Youth minister. There are always there's two different types of youth ministers, right? There's the X Games youth minister that's like cool and hip, and maybe has a bunch of tattoos. And then there's the nerd video game culture youth minister who's like, yeah, I could quote every single line from The Office. Looking at you, Father Mike Schmitz. You're both. <laughs> Isn't it funny how um
1: how youth ministers are just like, like they're just there's a type of person you know and there's not a lot of of um you don't have like a mix of people when it comes to youth ministry you
0: know like across, you know, across the board. across the board yeah, this you, isn't a, like literally the, there is this book called uh contemplative youth ministry and they have a, a quote in it where it's like – because the guy is, like, joking about the state of youth ministry in the Protestant world. He's like, yeah, give me that cute blonde 20-something who can – you know, like, it's, it's just so funny. Or the X Games, you know, BMX racer who could do some sick tricks on a skateboard yeah. but knows how to study his Bible and is denominationally loyal.
1: <laughs> You're like, yeah, yeah that's it <laughs> for Protestants. Right? Uh, right I would say if you were to, like – Youth ministry as a whole more chin hair per capita than any other um,
0: profession. We're talking goatees. We're talking landage strips. We're talking <laughs> yeah. Fu Manchu's. Youth ministry is driving the beard oil business.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's you know it's it, it's a very it's a weird job. It's a very weird job, and it's one that takes a like you know. Oh, 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 nope, nope. Don't do that, Luke. Luke, stop playing with your AirPods. You're going to screw up the audio. Um, I'd love to, like, open and close my little AirPod case. But the problem is, is that it, like, on the things that are connected to my AirPods, like my computer, it it goes, do you want (laughs) – it'll – anyways, especially while I'm podcasting, no bueno.
0: (laughs) So here's Uh, a pro tip for you, Luke. If you need something to fidget with and you want it to be your AirPod case, go up and disable Bluetooth. Flick away. Quiet. Quiet, you. Quiet. I'm sorry. I'm doing that right
1: right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Lukey needs to play. Lukey needs Hold to on. fidget.
1: I just listen. I'm the kind of guy who just needs something in his hands.
0: <laughs> and that's why you go to confession so frequently. <laughs> <laughs> that was inappropriate out uh, there. This is why we don't get that mad frad money. Um, yeah.
1: Ding 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 ding. <laughs> no, my uh, my point is is like is is that um. So th- th- this one time, I was uh, I was the coach of uh, a JV basketball team. So terrible no laugh idea. Dad, if you want to. Terrible idea. You were also principal. Listen, there was a period of time where I was very responsible. Uh, funny, my late twenties, not not my early thirties. Um, funny how that works out. Uh, okay, junior I high was, basketball blow my mind. No, it's JV girls basketball. Thank you, JV girls you. So, basketball. So I had a pen in my hand and I was like turning the pen around and I would like click it because I was like oh, I'm watching the game and I was and I was uh, trying because I I had no reason to be a co- I was actually I got kind of good at it towards the end but I had no idea they just you wear those help, spandex and
0: was, short coaching shorts at football n- no I wear? just
1: wore like uh, khaki pants and a button down because that's all I wore from 2008 to 2000. Uh, Gosh, f- 14, pretty much. Okay. That's okay. it. Khakis so and a button-down day in, day out. So you're day just, out, all you're just day, standing on the
0: sidelines going full body night. And I'm, Knight, doing, and I'm like, sitting pit.
1: there. And, I like, so when I tend to watch sports, I, like, lean over, and I get real intense, and I watch, and I don't think about what I'm doing. So I had a pen in my hand. I was going to click like click i just kept i'm doing that and there are these and uh there are these two girls who are on the team they were on the bench and i had them in class and uh they were awesome but like you know we just really we, i just i i was they were around me a lot because of like sports and they're you know like academics and they just turn to me and go they go could you stop doing that <laughs> i was like that's fair enough yeah it was like right in their ear just like click click this watching <laughs> And I was like, no, that's actually a good call. I, I apologize. And then the biggest contribution that, that I made to that team, I don't think it was that game, but it's actually um, with those uh, those those two girls, there was this one play that was just open every time. And our head coach kept missing it. So I, like, um, pulled those girls aside and I said, hey, I think if you do this just again, it's open every time. And they scored, like, 10 or 15 points off of that. And I was like, oh, I did it. <laughs> and then I never coached again.
0: <laughs> I'm magic. I've peaked. I contributed 15 points. Mm. That's a lot in JV basketball. Actually, it was. Yeah, I don't it think really my is, I don't actually. think my middle school basketball team ever scored more than 15 points in three years in any one game. You know, you're a surprisingly a not bad av- athlete. Uh you should tell that to my self-esteem in high school. <laughs> it's not that I homeschooled like, so I'd avoid PE. What are you talking about? <laughs> you you know like I so I'm the kind of
1: at like at like athlete where the first third of a season like don't count on me
0: for anything. Like
1: <laughs> listen especially coach, if it's I know you
0: sport. I know coach you're going to want me to do two a days. Tell you what I'll do. I'll do one every two days. It's similar, I'll it's close them. enough.
1: <laughs> Uh, no, but like, I, I mean, I mean, in terms of like when I start actually playing the sport, like the first um, third of it, terrible by the like, then I like ease my way, like somehow, like, like, it, like, I won't ever forget my first two years of when I of when I played football. Um, There's always that one or two offensive linemen who's always the, the last guy in all and like, you know, all of your running and whatnot. That was me.
0: Yeah, that was me too. That that
1: was me, and I won't ever forget getting to my sophomore year and thanking God that there was that there was a freshman who was a little bit slower than me. So I was always the <laughs> number. I was like always on the second, sometimes the third to the last, like the
0: last person. And then my junior year, wait, 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 pause. Did you have a football coach who would always point that out to the team? Because I no, did. I did. I, oh. Oh, oh no. there's Gormley pulling up the rear again. And I'm like, I'm like an inch behind the second place or the second to last guy. Oh, there's I'm Gormley. trying to
1: process my dad being in California. Excuse me. <laughs>
0: yeah, if you'll excuse me, good sir. He won't be at any but one of my games. It's emotional. I'm dealing. <laughs> I've You're been lucky I'm to here. <laughs>
1: I've been listening to a lot of these tapes with these people from a place in Ohio. I'm sure it will,
0: won't will have any um, long lasting impact <laughs> on my life, but I find it interesting. Yeah, it's got Scott Hahn. I don't know. I don't know who he is. He's German. He's got a lot of anger issues, and he says the well, word it's covenant. Surpri- <laughs> <laughs> will it surprise you one
1: day that I won't make money for what my body can do, but for what my mind can do and the yeah. words that come out of my mouth.
0: <laughs> Look at my body coach. It's not, <laughs> I'm not writing it. I'm not cashing any checks with this body. This Body has no future. It has no future. <laughs> and then one day the gay corner of YouTube discovers their bear, <laughs> Michael. <Gorman. laughs>
1: oh man. Yeah. Uh, did I ever tell the story when I was out with, uh, with, uh, uh, my sister and um uh her friends and the bulk of whom are uh homosexual uh so we're out having a good time they're all like great and there's one guy i won't ever forget this we all got a good laugh at it he just goes you're just so big he just gives me a hug like that <laughs> <laughs> i was like thank you you make me feel good about that
0: <laughs> most people make me feel shame yeah yeah and those are women um yeah, no, I was uh, I was a bear in the YouTube. I told this story a million times. So for those of you who don't know, I made this video for my youth group, and then I posted it on YouTube. And it got, in the span of one <laughs> random month, it got 45,000 views, mostly by gay men in Saudi Arabia. And it was linked to all of these, video- all these videos, and that's when I discovered what a bear was. And then I discovered that the gay community thinks I'm a bear. And, uh... <laughs> You know what? Like you said, I've never been more affirmed in my life. I'm like, women make me feel awful. I had one woman tell me, why would I even look at you twice? You need a bra. I was like, well, there was my self-esteem for a whole two years.
1: Oh, my
0: gosh. And I was like, and then I look at pictures of myself when I was in high school. I was like, I wasn't that bad. I wasn't that bad. Come on. Now I I have a lower back pain. But then I wasn't that bad. Um, It's called a man's ear.
1: Uh, I remember one time, uh, oh, oh, wait, wait, well, let me, okay, let me tell, let me complete, I'm going to tell a, um, a YouTube story, then I will complete the story about this, about the sports thing. Okay, and so, then
0: you got to go back to even further when you were going to tell me why youth ministry is such a unique thing. <laughs> it's just such That's a, what we started oh, this talking is, about.
1: Yeah, this is why we'll never get big. No, so there was, uh, okay, so me and my buddy, Nick, for some reason, he wanted to do these YouTube videos right when YouTube was getting big. So this is in 2006. On like you wanted to do stupid movie reviews where we just bash movies, like that'd be the whole thing. Just and which is like before that became a thing, we were gonna do what everyone else was gonna do and just bash movies so nice. we did we did one on the departed which we kind of liked and then i liked again and then i didn't like and i don't know where i stand on it but oh i love the Departed. we just made a we made a bunch of like dumb jokes and people just like ripped us up in the comments like people were so angry <laughs> and one person goes to me the guy on the left you're the ugliest person i've ever seen <laughs> And Adam was in the comments, our friend Adam, and goes, I will fight you for that. Like, like trying to pick a fight with someone in nice, the nice. YouTube comments.
0: <laughs> and it was just so going to spill like, over look, to real life.
1: <laughs> I was like, why are people so mean? And then I just realized, oh, wait, that's all of YouTube. Like if you see what they say about like really good looking on people, you're like, oh, I get it. You're just horrible to everyone. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Everyone's terrible at everyone. So anyways, uh, it turns out when I – my third year going – this is right like the day before I uh, quit. I was like really fast and like kind of on the – and I mean for like for, – I was one of the more faster offensive linemen. And I was like, I am way ahead of everyone. Fast for a lineman. Fast this for a This is very – it was very weird. It was ve- like like somehow my – like I, that's what I mean. Like it takes like a bit of time and then it's like – like, like my head and my body, like get in sync It's the same thing. When I started, I'm um, working out a lot. It, you know, took me a bit of time. And then like, um, once I got it, I was just kicking ass. But at first it's like, Oh, this is awkward.
0: <laughs> now, can I ask I you got- a question? <laughs> I have a theory and I want you to tell me if you think this theory is correct. Yes. Could it be that you got faster because you started losing more hair and you were more aerodynamic? Uh, It was before
1: that uh, horrible thing. I'm allowed to cost me some uh, 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 mental scarring happened. So, thank you for
0: bringing that up. I was just wondering. I was just it's a legit (laughs) question. I was so
1: confident of like myself, and especially when it came to the ladies and and stuff. And then that happened. And It was like. Pew. Now yeah. I also destroyed a lot of hearts in terms of getting my own. i so there's that. And then I did the same thing while trying to get, while trying to get it back. The theme is is that I was a moody douchebag, and I should repent. Yes, was.
0: I it was weird that you put that in the past tense. Go on. <laughs> um, okay. Now my point <laughs> wait, is with
1: youth ministry. There we hmm? go. <laughs> That's oh, what no, I wait, wanted. Wait, wait. The youth ministry. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, sorry. Wait, 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 wait. Really, 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 really quick. Uh I this is the only thing I'm gonna to add to like to like this explains my my um athletic abilities. Um I'm the kind of guy who always got most improved award to the you know end of the season. <laughs> I like all oh, I've gotten oh, that multiple awesome. times.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> um okay. Uh youth ministry. You, I don't know. It's weird. Why are we doing it? No, why are youth ministers weird? What what was your thing? Like you're like youth ministers are kinda weird. They are. I, I, I think it attracts a certain um, mm. like you're
1: taking a job with less pay. So it's either you can't get another job, yeah. or you feel called to this. And quite often that, I mean, I mean that calling can like I feel like I was definitely called to it. And there are people who I think it's a choice that you make. And quite often that choice is a is a response to uh, you feel that God is calling uh, calling you there. Sometimes it's not. You know, at a place like Stupidville, where for some odd reason in the early aughts, we all decided to act like this was a cool profession that everyone should do.
0: Yeah, because you got to pretend like you were still in college. What are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, oh, you mean the church <laughs> buys my video game consoles for me? Yes, I will take that for two hundred, <laughs> please, Alex.
1: But even Alex. in like at like the school, it was this thing of like it was like a career, yeah. which is I mean, there's there's a part of it that's good. And I think, like this, just happens. Like this is just a part of when you um, have a Christian culture. There are just going to be things that sometimes get hyped up, or they think it's God, but it's not. It's just human choice and just um, it's groupthink. Yeah, and I think that leads to a lot of weird people going in to youth ministry <laughs> because, like, it's like you're either like the people. I, this is why I don't trust. Uh, I don't trust people. In ministry, who like completely want to be there. If there's not some pool of like, I don't want to be doing this, or like, th- like this is a little, if there's not somewhat of a cross, I have a, except for one guy, Ryan Maley, who's just the most positive. He is, have, 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 uh, you ever watched Parks and Rec? Yes. Okay, so I don't know, if you know who um, Ryan um, Maley is. You probably have seen his picture on stuff. He's now involved with it in, in, in Counter Ministries, he's a speaker. He's, he's one of my favorite guys in the entire world. Uh, we're really good buds. He is Rob Lowe on Parks and Rec. Like, he's <laughs> the most positive. Like, I have complained about stuff, and he has agreed with me, but it's, like, in a way where I'm just like, how are you just so, like, how? How are you like this? I don't understand. How are you like this? Um, he's the exception to this rule. Um. Although I think I mean, he has made some jokes about how, like, I mean, this is definitely a thing that he felt called to do, but he doesn't have that. Like, man, I'd be doing. I wish I could do anything else but this. Like, the majority of my friends in youth ministry, there's this thing of like, oh, boy, do I not want to be doing this, or you know, there's or there's always this like, should I be doing other things? Um, and the people that don't have that, they don't last, and they tend to be the weird ones who are then done by about like you know. Twenty-five or so,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that eighteen months thing. Yeah, you know, my experience in youth ministry. Now that I'm back in it, uh, it was always so. It was always so interesting to me because my big pull was to high school education, and Father Paul Koska talked me out of that. He was like, he was like, he was like, a classroom doesn't fit your personality, but youth ministry would, and I embraced it. And I think, I think that was a good tension because. I gave a lot more rigor to youth ministry curriculum that people to this day still tell me. Like, hey, you know, when, when you were our youth minister, I felt like I learned a ton. And that was, in a lot of ways, that was like my main thing, right? But the experience of it, I like me, me and Van Bickle just recorded an episode of Every Knee Shall Bow where we were talking about professional Catholicism and the dangers that are inherent to a careerism in the church. like, And the mm-hmm. funny thing that people don't understand is me and Dave, it makes our jobs harder to be laymen who evangelize when men who aren't working for the church say, so what do you do for a living? Oh, I work at such and such a church. And, like, you can see the light die. Like, they don't want to talk to you. I get that all yeah. the time when yeah, the when time. I'm yeah. when I, no one wants to know, "Oh, you work full-time at a Catholic church." They think there's something wrong with you, and there is. There is. <laughs> there <laughs> is yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the no, but the the reality is like it invalidates you. And the funny thing is you're not a priest, you're not a deacon. So you even have there it's like an inherent alienation for laymen and laywomen unless you're serving an administrative role, right? Like business administrator pre secretary front desk receptionist those all make sense <laughs> they as all have jobs. The power yeah but they yeah they have all the power um <laughs> but no the they power. make sense they make sense as jobs you know what i mean i fear church secretaries yeah yep i know uh, but you know what I mean, like they make sense, so you could say someone like oh i 'm a receptionist at a church you could say i 'm a receptionist at a dentist 's office right like that 's not but if you 're like i 'm the director of evangelization or i 'm a youth minister they 're like oh you 're one of those weirdos who 's all in kind of thing to your your fanatical faith it It becomes this weirdo it, yeah weird block. thing it's yeah it 's definitely um I've I experienced
1: I experienced that as well when um, even when I tell people for um, I mean I'm at fundraising and that's one of those jobs that makes sense yeah. even when I tell people for who I work for there's just like oh like they don't there's like a glaze that just goes over their face because you can tell they don't know how to respond yeah. which is I mean <laughs> there's no context for it so it, it makes right. sense but there um, we had our buddy um, our uh, buddy. Greg on a a, a couple uh, a couple of years ago, and he loves to come out swinging and he said this thing where he's where he goes uh you don't need a i'm the youth minister at a parish and he's basically like all you need is um this this and this and I actually agree with him in terms of like the basic like if you when when push comes when push comes to shove, what does a parish absolutely have to have? You don't necessarily have to have youth ministry, but it does mean that God isn't calling you to, or it's not, or it's not a um, good thing to have. Which I think gets to the like. There's a thousand other things you could do, Gomer. A thousand, like you're you're really talented at like a whole bunch of stuff, but you're definitely called to do this. You know, I like I, I have no so. doubt that this. Is By worth, this you mean podcasting. Like, like, Oh yeah, yeah. Of course. No, no, no. This is, this is the true thing, um, uh, and it's about to become legit. No more illegal company. Do, do, do. What did I say that out loud?
0: No, no, you didn't. No one heard you.
1: No, um, no. But but my point is that I agree with him, but I don't think it means that that's an absolute truth, and it shouldn't it shouldn't exist. It's a good thing to have, but it should always be. It should always be a calling yeah and how do you know if you're called to it well, ultimately, I think, and I would be curious to get i i, I want to hear i want to hear like your take on um is it a calling and and if so, how do you know it is i heard this there's this one thing from the office of readings a couple of weeks ago where it was some like um church father i don't know who, and i don't care uh he talked about if it's it as I, i'm i am I'm just I hate kidding, you but. so
0: much <laughs> I'm like church brothers the the are gold. <laughs> like, even the heretics are <laughs> um, amazing. <laughs>
1: Uh, no, no, no. They're great. I just don't feel the need to be like it was this one guy that I know. <laughs> give me beard oil. Um it uh no, I mean I want your beard oil. Please Tony, give me give me the beard oil. Uh, it um the that if the God has put a, a a desire on your heart, if it's really from him, it's not going to go away. Mm. And if you have the desire in your heart to go into youth ministry, to go into youth on the ministry, it doesn't mean that the red carpet's going to just you know be unrolled yeah. like. But you're, I mean, with me it kind of did, but um, like you do have to um, like if you apply for for those jobs and if it's what God wants you to do, the doors will open. And, like, sometimes it's going to be a backdoor. It's like, there are times where it's going to be a – you know, and it could mean going back to school. I know a ton of um, – the youth ministers. Like, these are the people that I just have such admiration for. We had a couple here in the archdiocese who had good jobs. They had great yeah. jobs. And um, they left them. You know, they were, you know, engineers or uh, – or they were at, 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 like you know doing like a real job, and like God just put it on their heart, and actually know I'm um, a couple of them who like they prayed about it, uh, with their spouse, and they went back to grad school, and they you know they did all like they like did all the necessary steps you would do to respond to like what God is calling on you to, and the doors just opened I'm not saying that it's easy. Yeah. I think we had um Bradley Barnes on on one time, and you know he was the Reds mascot. And that was like a legit, really cool job. I forgot and he that. gave That's it awesome. up. Cause, yeah, because he yeah he gave it up because he felt called to be a full time, a full time youth minister. And the door opened, you know. And so, what um, a dummy!
0: What a dummy! Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> that sweet, sweet a mascot money. <laughs> yeah, you know, for me, like I don't know, and I can't really tell what is it like for everybody. When I got into youth ministry, or let me just rephrase this. When I got into ministry at a church as a layman, I realized that my particular giftedness was in giving presentations that take people from no knowledge to a level of sufficient knowledge, like something that they could build upon, right, was to give people strong foundations. And I began to realize that, um, you know, there, there was so much lack of solid Catholic foundations out there, whether you went to school, Catholic schools, or you went to um, public school and you were a teenager, but you've been to faith formation your whole life. Like there was still a profound lack of practice and, and knowledge. And that's where I found my home. And so now I work, you know, for adults and been doing the adult thing. And then I just got youth ministry under my department. It's been fascinating because I I, I look around at what is out there, right? I took all the confirmation curriculums from all the major publishers I took them home and I read through them all and I'm like, you know, I, I don't, I think some of this is overkill cause you're just trying to pad a textbook. I think some of this is underkill and you've never once told them how to give their lives to the Lord and how to walk in a daily way. Um, you know, there's so much like just crap that I realized like that was my niche that I supplied and I have this burning desire to keep that going. Um, I don't know in terms of, like, I see my vocation as to my wife and kids, not necessarily to the jobby job. But that's one thing that I would say. Like, if I had a full-time job working at a consultancy on how to give presentations or whatever it would be, I don't know what the hell I would do. You seem to be more confident in my skills than I am. But if I had a jobby job. I would still because I made money off of your skills. Go on. (laughs) I would still do this, right? So it might not manifest itself as a career, right? That's the thing that I want people to understand. Like, you can be a youth minister and have a full time job. That's true. You might not be the full time youth minister at the parish, but you might be a core member. So when I the one year of my life when I was not working for a parish and trying to start lay evangelists, I was the world's greatest middle school core member. I showed up early, I had the lesson prepared, I helped with AV, we did sound tests as the kids are coming in. I was there to greet every single one, look at them in the eyes, say their name. Uh, I would do I would take out the garbage, I would organize the pizza, like I would do what? with axe. I would see t- Boys, make a line, raise your arms. <laughs> Left side? <laughs> oh, there's that smell. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, it, but I was, I was obsessed with like, cause I knew as a youth minister, the things that were pain points and you know, it was our buddy Brian Kelsch and he was a lot like me where you tend to make it all about you because you two reasons, right? It takes more effort to manage volunteers up front and we're just procrastinators. And so we're not going to do that. But then you <laughs> <laughs> but and then you realize, yeah, but then you realize, oh crap, I am responsible to these people and you don't want to do that either. And now I have employees, so I'm responsible for them. Um, you have, uh, yeah. But so <laughs> you I would are? just sh-
1: holy shit, yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> yep,
0: yep. They're such good employees. Uh, but no, the idea of of like giving myself over to this cause, this movement, this this dimension of the Catholic faith that never that never left me. So even when I was doing adult mm-hmm. faith formation. I would I would do tons of stuff for youth ministry. Sometimes they didn't need me. Sometimes they wanted me. Um, but I was always going over there being like, hey, if you want me to help out with the retreat, if you want me to give a life night talk so you can have a break one weekend, if you want me to do sub as a confirmation teacher, like I was always offering that because there was yeah. some element of it that that gave me life. So that's my discernment of it.
1: That's how I feel about, uh, and I, I like our youth ministry a lot, and I – i don't know i don't know like what my um future entails i like fundraising i just i mean i i'm the kind of guy who likes a lot of stuff which is really annoying to a lot of people i think i'm like oh this is great oh this is wonderful my heart right now is still in young adult stuff and i do a little 80 bit of it mostly with just a few people here and there who are doing stuff who just um, who just uh, want my advice and it just gives me a chance um, to minister to them a bit um it's just hard with COVID and a job, but I I do miss it. Like there's um, something about uh, when it's just when it's on your heart. Like the good people in in ministry,
0: they'd be doing it any anyways. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Even if it wasn't your jobby job, and in fact, if you are someone who's an engineer, a scientist, you know, someone that deals in the hard sciences or or technology. You are like the you are like gold to suburban youth ministry because yeah, you have yeah, all of these kids yeah. who are atheists who think that the two are irreconcilable, and then you're a volunteer, you're a husband and a father and an engineer, and you come in. You're a wife. You know, uh, we had this woman who was a chemical engineer and married, had a bunch of kids, and ran the confirmation program. People would be like, "Oh, religion stuff, so stupid." I'm a scientist. She's like, I, "I'm a graduate degree chemical engineer." Like. Get over yourself. right? I, 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 this is not irreconcilable. And, it, you know, there's an element Try me where that. dweeb. Yeah. Let's do it, nerd. And then you have, you have, I mean, you have different people that serve different roles, which is why you have a core team. It's why you have many adult voices as mentors, as models, as witnesses. And if those, th- this is the thing I miss the most about youth ministry, was the community of adults that I had in my core team. I yes. loved my yep. core team. Um, when I was doing the Edge uh, in middle school ministry uh, before I took this job, I didn't have that kind of solid community because the Edge wasn't a part of the parish culture. Like middle school ministry wasn't really part, whereas Life Team at my old church was. And so Life Team was like one of those major, highly valued places, right, because Father Drew put an emphasis on that. So the, the core members who went there were just they, – they knew what it was. They were on fire for it. Whereas for the edge, it was like, dear parents, I need you. I literally can't have this program without some warm bodies at the very least. You know, and so, um, but we we had great core members. I'm not denigrating them, but it wasn't that community feel that I used to have where we used to have monthly potlucks at core members' houses and everyone, almost everyone would show up. And then the fact that I was dating Shannon, and I lived up here at St. Anthony's in the Woodlands, and she was down in Sugarland, and our buddy Jonathan, and eventually Brian Kelsch, that I would go to their core member potlucks, and I was, I was a, a part of... Yeah, you were. You were. I had my three months. <laughs> the guy in the We couch. saw Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> we, did. we did. I will never forget that. <laughs> um, just did. Um, but no, like, it was so cool having that adult community... Of people who really love their faith and really love kids. And that's the Benedict option, right? You don't need to live on the same street. you. But you do, like, having people that are called to the same ministry in lockstep with each other, there are a few things more powerful. No, I, I the, in my experience, the
1: um, the best ministry is always an overflow of some tight group.
0: Yeah. Like, whether yeah. That, that was. Well, we're talking about, with... we're talking about boy bands. Right, you can tell the boy we're bands talking, that really yeah. connect.
1: We're saying Hanson. They, you can tell they really um, liked each other.
0: Yeah, yeah. They weren't uh, only brothers; they were friends. They were friends. Yeah, mm, ba- Man, Hanson's so ba- good. Ba- That's ba- that is such a good song. Mm,
1: ba- it da- da- ba- 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 mm, yeah, so good. A little R and b little home little homeschoolers from Tulsa, baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just
0: imagine like you probably um knew them or something. Um, <laughs> Hey, look at those long-haired girls. Oh, my God, that's Hanson. Let's get their autograph. <laughs> but, like, not tell anyone about it because we're too cool for them.
1: Yeah. No, I'm, and like, that's... way more into things like Tool, but, uh, you know, it's pretty, pretty good.
0: <laughs> hey, have you uh, you heard this uh, Tool song called Learn to Swim? It's pretty it's pretty sweet. It's on the new Anima soundtrack uh, album. It's cool. Bob, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I so means... wanted to be edgy. I so wanted to be edgy. <laughs> Chris, just, my I... older brother, teach me what music to listen to that I really I br- cr- like Just and not like at the same time
1: could never get into tool oh, i man, like i I'm chevelle who a lot of people think is a is the uh, uh, is a i'm a of, of tool but
0: you yeah, have topics I can see or, that. Or we, yeah, we well, just... okay, so Luke, Luke sends me a text message. Was it last night? I think it was last night. Yeah, it was, it was says, last night, yeah. Ten o'clock. I put it on our calendar, 10 a.m., which, you know, work day for me, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> I'm in the youth room right now.
1: You, you said this time works for you.
0: <laughs> I did, I did. And then I scheduled two meetings on either end, and I'm like, oh, crap, well, I, can I fit it in? Um, but no, you sent me this thing, and this is what it said. This is what your, your text message basically said. The Matrix versus Silence. We don't have to talk about it if you don't want to, but I listened to this Catholic, uh, Catholic Stuff You Should Know podcast, and I really think it would be a good topic. Either that or vulnerability. <laughs> I was like, uh, uh, okay. But well, I unfortunately, you, Luke, yeah. I, I have an unfortunate for you. I wasn't able to listen to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, not because I didn't have enough time, but because my favorite audio book was just released, and it's 15 <laughs> hours long. And I thought, that's more important than the show that pays me money. <laughs>
1: Why no, be prepared? It, it absolutely is. It absolutely mm-hmm. is. Do um, you want to wait on that? Because I, it's uh it's, it's. I'm um, not that I want to be discussing those things per se, but I want to use them as a reference point because I think it's interesting. But okay, let's save, it let's save okay. it for next week. Let's save it for next week so quick. I can listen next to the week.
0: podcast and then
1: me and, and you then you can... we also rewatch the Matrix. So the <gasps> idea is, I would love uh, here's, to re-watch here's, the I'll Matrix. just uh, tell you um what my idea is.
0: You're gonna set it up.
1: The ideas discussed in that podcast, basically a about silence okay compared to the matrix and what i'm wondering is both of them as a response to the anima technica vacua and what they have to say okay okay and kind of trying to juxtapose the two things against against each against each other I think it's really interesting. I was just okay. Okay. fascinated by the concept of silence and these quotes they were. I'm talking about. And I, I started to think about it just in terms of um, – I mean, I, I didn't want to, like, rehash what what they did. But I wanted to use it, as I always do, as a jumping-off point uh, just for things, especially as it relates to um, just trying to live in your day-to-day life in a post-Christian world. Cool. Uh, okay. Is, I like it. So, I'm down. Cool. All right. So next
0: week, we'll table that for yeah, next week. We'll do
1: that. So everyone – Go go and listen to that podcast. It's uh, the Catholic Stuff podcast. It's called, um, that episode is called, I pulled it up right here, Addicted to Mediocrity, and go watch the first Matrix.
0: Ooh, we're actually prepping people. Yes. Uh, yes apparently, the awesome. other
1: two Matrix are not bad if you rewatch them. I, okay, I refuse I, I, it's to It's so funny.
0: I, I said that to my buddy Jay, Jay Martin, who's our creative tech here. Hi, and we Jay. were talking, and I, I said, uh, he's not here right now. But um, I said, hey, Hi, I said, have you seen Jay. The Matrix? <laughs> uh, I go, have you seen The Matrix? And he goes, oh, man, it's been so long. And he's like, I, I heard the other two apparently were good. And I said, you know, Jay, it was, uh, it was commonplace for people to dog on them, and there's a lot of flaws with them, but I loved the idea behind them. I really did. Yeah, I, I do remember idea. that, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, I maybe have I'll, have so. I, cause I was i am listening to a podcast called um, Blank Check, where they basically they talk about like uh, the people who make a movie, and then they're given and they make a movie that is so good that they have a blank check to go and uh, make other ones. And they're yeah. talking about oh, that's um, cool. I, am, uh, I just got done with their one. Yeah, it's from people over um, at UCB out in Los Angeles, and so um, that's like a comedy group, like an indie.
0: I am um, comedy. Group oh, it's like, like University of California, from. Berkeley.
1: Anywho, um, they were, and it's it's not the best analysis of the Matrix because it's a little bit more on the technical side. Like, here's how much money it grows. Here's all this other stuff, but it does have some things about like what the movie is about. And apparently, they do a lot of that within the their ones on the sequel. So that's it. Just that's where the idea uh, came from. So I'm not saying that you have to listen to Blank Check, but uh, I think you just watch. I think you can watch the Matrix and be fine. Cool. Okay. Hi, it's Luke. I'm here to talk to you guys really quick about the Catholic Family Game. This is made by our friends Matt and Lisa that that made the Catholic Card Game, which was a huge success. Off of that game, they've had a lot of requests for a more family friendly uh, game, which is probably due to the Catching on Foxes expansion pack. Apparently, people don't want to explain to their kids what tossing Michael Voris' hair actually means. So the Catholic Family Game is a charades type game where players draw or act what is on the card. It's a great game for the the entire family, as they all Always do. Um, Matt and Lisa create g- great stuff, always funded by their fans on, on Kickstarter. And a lot of Catching Foxes, a, w- a lot of, you know, like our listeners have been, have been big um, supporters of their stuff in, in the past. And the campaign for the, for the Catholic Um Family game ends at the end of August. They're aiming for a Christmas um delivery. So God willing, you'll be able to play this game with your friends and family, even the kids. Lord, please let COVID be done by then. Oh, I can't handle it. The canvas is too blank. Um, use the link in the show notes so they can so they will know that you came from i um, catching foxes if you if you don't have show notes or for some reason you're just don't understand how that um works please at least try to do that it does help know that 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 you came from us if it doesn't just go to um, kickstarter.com and do um, a little search for for the um, Catholic um family game again this is our friends Matt and Lisa from the Catholic card game they're creating a new game for kids so again no jokes from us about, uh, about Michael Voris called the Catholic family game I want to um, thank them again for sponsoring this episode of catching Fox. Foxes, go and support them. Don't be a cheapo. Go support Matt and Lisa on Kickstarter. Use the link in the show notes. Oh, okay. This is a tweet that I have that I want to uh, make every so as everyone um knows I'm a dad now. Uh, we have a girl. She's now um, one month old man. One month. That's awesome. Is that wild? And this is a tweet that I wrote at five in the morning yesterday so you can imagine this is gold and I did it on the Catching Foxes account. You're welcome. Why not? All right. Here here it goes.
0: I can't express how frustrating it is to change four diapers in a row because right as you're almost done, your kid either pees or let's be honest, sharts. I want you to understand my pain from the last half hour. Imagine it. You wipe, you put on butt cream, You put on not-the-vaseline, but basically-vaseline, she pees, you wipe, you put on butt cream, you put on not-vaseline, but basically-vaseline, you start to put on a new diaper she sharts. You wipe, you put on butt cream, you put on the not-vaseline, but basically-vaseline, you're about to tape the last strap and she sharts, you wipe, you put on butt cream, you put on not-vaseline, but basically-vaseline. You get a new diaper, she sharts you wipe you put a, oh my gosh this just keeps going knowing you put on a new diaper and hand her off to her mother as quickly as possible knowing she's going to shart again possibly soon this tweet is never going away i want everly to see this in 20 years i want her to see the look on her face when she reads that i tweeted about her sharding. then and only then will i have my peace <laughs> <laughs> oh, Luke, I tried to like your tweet, and it won't let me because I don't have an account. Um, oh, I'm better than This you. is why I... <laughs> Can I uh, give okay, you a so... pro dad tip, man? Can I give you a pro dad sure. tip? I mean, yep. shoot, man. You're killing yourself. This is what you do. Okay? If it's a wet diaper, you change it. And if she sharts on you, you know what you do? You just... You just wipe her butt real quick. You throw the wipe in the toilet trash whatever you put your wipes, and then you just put the keep the same damn. If it's not wet, you yeah, just keep but the she's same got diaper. a
1: butt rash. She's got a butt rash that's like really bad right now. So and we've got all oh, the good stuff okay. for it. And fair so enough. when like you wipe it, it it takes the it takes that stuff off. So
0: okay, that's fair enough, fair enough. But you so, it, you're you're not. If, it's getting If, if she's sharding four times in a row. That just means you're literally in the middle of her going to the bathroom. So just leave it on for I think minutes. I think
1: it's also the way that I'm, like, doing her
0: feet. Yeah, you're right. I think it's the way that I'm doing her feet.
1: Like, it's causing her to have more gas or something. I don't know. Um, it's just. You, but
0: you're, like, grabbing her, you're grabbing her feet with one hand and lifting it towards got, her tummy. And, yeah. Yeah. yeah I got you're
1: pooped fine. on this morning. On 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 my finger, and I was like, "What?" It's just funny how you you your point. You're like, "Yeah, I don't care about that." Um, I
0: know, I know. My wife used to make fun of me because I would gag when it was like diarrhea, and I'm like wiping it, and she's like, "Oh, Michael's in the other room gagging," and I'm like, "Oh, good, my, I got shit all over my shirt." I'll, yeah. Maybe I'll change. Yeah, I'll sh- change the shirt.
1: <laughs> you hear me going? Oh shit! <laughs> like that, but and, and like Aaron, Aaron then um, gets mad, and I'm like, "Listen, she can't understand me. I'm just a little bit nervous."
0: Okay, I got a good twelve months before she starts picking up on how foul mouthed her dad is. <laughs> oh man! Thank God you don't have a boy, man. He'd be peeing in your face the whole oh, time.
1: I would just. I I don't think I could handle it. I'd be like, "This is gross." Yeah. Uh, no, I, I'm sure. I mean, like, I, again,
0: I'm mouth.
1: not saying I was, it's in my mouth. I've heard about that. I'm not saying I was ever grossed out by f- breast milk, but it just was a thing that I like would always kind of hold at arm's length because I had um, no reason to do otherwise. <laughs> and now I'm like totally fine putting it in a bottle like on my wrist to check the temperature,
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, or, like, that's or just, in desperate moments, putting it in your coffee when you need a creamer. That's so rich. if you've done that, you're false. So full of antibodies. No, I've never done <laughs>
1: <laughs> it. formula on the other hand.
0: <laughs> it
1: just if you put the breath in it, it
0: somehow like I'm sizzles like attached or something. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> um. Shannon, we're <laughs> out of creamer. Can you uh <clears throat> unbutton your shirt real
1: quick? <laughs> you, I'm just Michael, like, of course. <laughs> I'm just gonna do the little like squeeze thing where you like uh, like put your hand almost like it's a C and go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, again, the i know consultant. so much yeah. yeah yeah i i feel like i could be a lactation consultant now
0: if it gets a little bit red i sit down luke, a little bit luke this is it this is where your career path is going right forget youth <laughs> ministry forget fundraising for a bunch of priests in appalachia what you need to do is be a full-time <laughs> lactation consultant I <laughs> just walk in. I'm here. What, <laughs> dads? You're gonna get jealous. <laughs> just close your eyes for this next part.
1: Um. Oh, by by the way, apparently there's some guy on a show on Netflix who looks just like just like me and acts um, just like me. It's just a, it's some like Indian a matchmaking show. Go to episode four. I've had multiple people who are who are not connected tell me that he that like I'm that guy.
0: So, <laughs> I hope any emotionally.
1: All right, so here's 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 my point. Uh, love, like I love my daughter. She's great, and that tweet is obviously just a just like a joke. Hopefully, on Twitter will probably be gone by the time that like she's older. Um, if not, I do want her to see it because. But like, there's a real vulnerability with love that I never really understood until I had a kid. And I started to see it. So there was our friend, uh, our friend Sarah Rogers. Um, I'm going to read this. You might have to. Can I do a thing that you might have to edit out or do? Yeah, to, yeah. I'm going to keep this pretty tight. Yeah, no, just okay. go. So I, I want to read you a. This is a DM she got on Twitter a couple a couple of days ago. It's a picture of a guy smoking a smoking a cigar, and he sent he sent this message to her. Excuse me, my lady, Puffs Cigar. This is what he wrote.
0: Oh, gosh.
1: I noticed you were all alone crying on this moonlit, on this moonlit night. What could possibly be the matter, baby? Maybe oh, this will make you feel better. Puckers lips and kisses you. How's that, babe? You feel better? Puffs Cigar and throws it to the ground while putting on trench t- trench coat, of course. Well, it's about time I head out. Actual a message she got on from Catholic Twitter. Uh, What does that have to do with me changing my daughter's charts at five at, you know, like five in the morning? uh, Right. (laughs) Yeah. Isn't that weird? weird? (laughs) So weird. So weird. This is very common with a lot of Catholic dudes and people. Yeah. In general. Yeah. No, I real That's what love. Oh. Yeah, I, it does. No, it, it, like, actually does. What the guy's doing, he's doing it from, like, a safe place. This thing of where you just, um,
0: it's. And now we took it up on, on our podcast, and so we're going to shame yeah, and humiliate I know, right? him.
1: <laughs> there's no real vulnerability there w- with what that guy did. No, there's just uh, there's just it's not even like ego. It's just this like weird attempt. It's it's an attempt to like be to b- be confident while not well like you know not being uh, well not being, while any, not being yeah. confident. And true love, real love, requires like a vulnerability. And when you are changing a like a diaper, I'm like I can't tell you how tough it is to do this stuff and then to have it all just like end and have to start over again. Again and again and again. Well, you have a tiny human being who you don't want to hurt, who's screaming and crying, kicking their legs. Like, it's tough. and But you have to allow it. Like I, In order to change her diaper, in order to love and take care of her, I have to be okay with getting shit on my hands. I have to be okay with being screamed at by a kid while having to deal with this incredibly tough tough like thing and that's now this is a fun i'm like fun i'm a dumb dumb example there are way more i'm serious ones that we can do and when it comes to love any kind of love if it's real needs real like vulnerability and that's scary and it's hard but it's okay there's this weird thing where i feel like we can't be at we can't be vulnerable we can be voyeuristic and confuse that with like with vulnerability, but we can't actually be vulnerable. And it, like, what that guy did, it's just, it's, you know, he thinks he's being like the nice, fun guy. It's actually just really like weird and selfish. Oh, it's so cringy. And good that's Lord. what a lot of, like, your nice guys who think they're, like, I'm so sensitive that they're so good or people who pride themselves on really, like, how they love and what they do. It actually just comes across as cringe, as weird, as being very on um, the self, as being very self-absorbed. There's no real gift or, like, if, if there's no risk, it's not real love. Does she know
0: this guy? I have no idea. I don't I am, think so. I am hung up on this. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Yeah. That's it's so weird. so weird. But, you know, like... Yeah, okay, fine. I, I'm going I'm to get lost in this cringeworthy thing. <laughs> <piece. laughs>
1: I mean, I want to get lost in it, but it'll just turn into us. I'm bashing him, and I don't want to so, do that.
0: Right. So there is a delicate balance between the passive-aggressive man and the vulnerable man. And the passive-aggressive man leverages... Uh, his fake attempts, like it's always a faux vulnerability, because he's there's a, there's a fear. Uh, passive aggressive men are afraid of rejection, so it's they're always acting. They've always adopted a persona that they think it will please the woman, right? And what really p- pleases the woman is a man who is confident in himself, right? But the adopting of the "I'm I'm a non threatening best friend." And then they get so enraged when they're perpetually locked in the friend zone, you know? And I see this with um, with with a couple of young adults that I've been working with lately um, talking about this issue of, like, here's the girl. I want to get the girl. How do I deal with the girl? How do I get the girl? And they do, like, they do this thing. And it's almost a mockery of, like, I would say vulnerability as a form of honesty in a relationship where what you share can hurt you.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You
0: should not be honest in terms of r- revealing yourself to ev- anybody yes. and everybody. That's not yep. what you should do as a, as an adult person, man or woman. You shouldn't – being a Christian doesn't mean you are you have an intimate level of knowledge with everyone in your life. That's dangerous and stupid. And we confuse that a lot. Yeah. I was like that was very big in the 90s and yeah. in the early aughts. Well, that 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 book um, that I quote all the time, "The Search to Belong," jo- Joseph Joseph Myers, I think, um, formed the backdrop of my community group stuff because he said there are four ways to belong to each other. It's based on an architectural conception of four spaces: public, social, personal, uh, public, social, personal, and intimate. And he said people keep in the church keep getting hung up thinking I don't have a good small group unless we belong to each other intimately. He's like, that's for a spouse or a best friend. It's like a bedroom. Only one or two people should be in that space. A personal belonging is like your kitchen table. Eight, ten, twelve people can be... I know. I said two people in your bedroom. Uh, every I knew, time I say I was, that, I, I always... Knew, I was like, don't make a joke.
1: Don't make a joke. Don't make a I joke.
0: O- no, 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 man. I Even when I do presentations in churches, I'm like, well, you should probably only have one other person besides yourself in your bedroom. However, you know, times are changing. <laughs> <laughs> They're changing these laws. <laughs> I do not say that when I do presentations. Please, please hire me. Um, no, but the... the the funny thing will, about so it is... You want to hire me? Yeah, <laughs> Different arena uh but belonging like when you're at a sports arena, you want to belong socially right with or or publicly right you're sixty thousand mm-hmm. fans you're you do belong to one another, and you're the fact that you're a Bengals fan and they just scored a touchdown uh <laughs> I like that you think that, that 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 could happen I know right uh but the idea of it being <laughs> imagine if you turned to no the guy idea. next to you and said like you high fived each other and then you said. Hey, my, uh, now that we know each other, my, my marriage is on the rocks. Like it'd be like, Oh, Oh God, no, no. Like if you said that to a stranger at a stadium, you can high five each other. You can belly bump each other. You can do all sorts of expressions of community, but it belongs in a certain sphere. And I see like, there's this mockery of, of honesty about you. Uh, let me back that up. You should not be intimate in terms of how you connect with people and your vulnerability with everyone all the time, right? You have to guard your heart. There's a reason why that's in the Bible. Adults don't walk around uh, telling everyone things that should be kept confidential, right? Like here's, it, it, But, like, here's where the vulnerability comes. Like, this
1: is the form that it takes. It's not that. It's, it's which is what I think a lot of people do, and you are 100% all right to... Um, to like bring up all of that stuff, it's the, it's the fact that like, if I want to talk to, if he wanted to talk to her and he wanted to get to know her, you just say, hi. Yeah. Yeah. You say, you've said some really cool stuff. I, I would love, you know, like, like be honest and say when like you tweeted about this, I thought that was, I'm a very cool, uh, have, you know, and like just start a con like, like, yeah. and where is the vulnerability in that it's that she could reject you. And being okay with that, that's the vulnerability, not this, like, uh, false machismo or this overshare. You know, um, when I go to, like, Everly's... go Yeah, right. So freaking weird. weird. Um, Like, when I go and change Everly's diaper, the vulnerability there isn't this, like, oh, my gosh, I need to take care of her so, like, she doesn't die. It's... There's this... It's just, I just need to, I just, I don't want to get, I don't want to, like, let's be clear. Like, I'm probably, I'm not going to hurt her changing her diaper. The vulnerability is getting poop on my hands and having to deal with having to change four diapers at once. And it sucks. And it's frustrating because it, like, kills my sleep. And it just, you know, it, like, it's, but, like, that's, it's not, like, that's an um, okay level. It, like, matches the situation. Yeah and there are, way- and it's very like it's very um it's not th- it's not that hard um it's not that hard like figure it out it's just that i th- don't think people want to because it takes like it takes a bit of a risk yeah. you know like how do i like what's the one way that i could not have to change awful diapers uh not like not get married or have kids and if you know i'm like that's that's how you could do that like like if you want to you know if you want to avoid that stuff just don't have kids and um there's nothing wrong with that i mean i believe people are called to like it you know there's i'm not saying that i'm I'm, I'm not trying to bash people who don't have kids or anything i'm like that or you know I'm, i'm just like it's not fun it's not cool it's very like hard there's 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 nothing it's like a glorious thing having to change her diapers it's just it's just a, it's a tiny little cross that I have to accept. That's just part of the overall deal.
0: Yeah, you're opening yourself up to hurt, right? Like in, in, yeah. in a true sense yeah, of vulnerability, yeah, yeah. you're opening yourself up to being hurt physically, emotionally, or spiritually, sharded upon. Right. So that the the notion of of adopting a persona, right, is wearing a mask means that you're you're sidestepping your ability to get hurt. I just feel like this guy put on put a puts on trench coat like does this guy have some like a like film noir version of himself he's some gritty detective with a heart of gold who's going after uh, the the his like i feel like this guy's like straight out of casablanca Puffs cigar, puts it on <laughs> trench coat.
1: You're so harping on that. I can't,
0: Luke. It's like pissing me off. Like, I don't but, understand how a human person. I do understand how a human person. They're trying not to be like, she didn't reject me. She rejected this silly thing that I said. You know, yeah, this character that yeah. I adopted, this mask that I'm wearing. And it allows them to create not real an me. artificial distance yep. between me and you know, and it's like, but but why would you choose that version of you? <laughs> like, like, that's, yeah, it's like it's why not is that's it not that reality. Mask? That's I not real.
1: So, like, you're actually causing yourself to be more miserable because it's not real. <laughs> and you and we like how often do we do that because we don't want like and this it's I mean, think about it. You're scared of being a rejected by a girl online. And I get that. It's nerve wracking. Yeah. Like I like, even when it's I mean, I totally I'm not like I I, under, I understand that. But you, we have got to be okay with crosses. Yeah, we have like, yeah. like the, yeah. the tiniest ones. As much as I don't want to change her diaper, I have to be okay with it because Aaron can't do it all by herself. Though I've tried, <laughs> you know, um, like I, I have to be okay with that. And there's this thing I think where we think that God's not going to pull us out of it, or at least I'll make it, or at least help us like bear it. Yeah. Like, we may not see our resurrection until, th- you know, the next life. But, like, darn it, like, we will have help carrying it. I'm to not. I'm cursed there. Like, healing is possible, even if it's a thing we're always going through. Yeah. And it just drives me crazy, like, that we just want these safe, weird things. And I'm like, what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> it's going to be okay. Do you need a hug?
0: Oh, gosh. So many of them do, which Sarah Silverman demonstrated for us. That one troll that she was like, you know, remember that where the person came after her and she's like, what's wrong? Like, no, seriously, are you okay? Like, normal people don't say. And oh, then yeah. I Shana do remember that. She yeah. for his counseling because he was in a bad spot. Um, Yeah. That, gosh. I'm just imagining this Zoot Suit Riot dude. <laughs> Hey, listen. Let's let's not be beast, Sarah. Be beast, beast merch the good name of
1: Zoot Suit or a riot. That was <laughs> yeah. a fun little like eight months we all had. Now listen, girl.
0: What you say? There were gap, you and I there don't, don't mean commercials commercial in this world. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I you know. I'm just imagining like I'm rolling through a Casablanca esque scene. Why in all the DMs did you have to come into mine? Wait, I initiate. <laughs> that doesn't work. Like, like someone I just, who's
1: like very bummed that it's not 1998 anymore.
0: <laughs> no, it's someone who's very bummed that it's not 1928. Hey, girl, listen, me and you ought to go to that. Mo- uh, gotta go to that speakeasy and get some moonshine, man. That's where no, men were like, men and women were dames. Do you remember the whole like?
1: <laughs> do you remember the whole like swing revival though?
0: Yes, yes.
1: There was the gab. There was the gab yep. commercial. Uh, I never. Have to knock
0: on wood. Whatever. Yeah. Zoot
1: suit riot. Oh, Cherry
0: popping daddies.
1: That wasn't. That's the other horrible right. name I found out. Da- yes, I know. Down the I, road, didn't I had no know. idea what that meant. <laughs> How shit were we? Riot. I was like, what? Yeah. Throw down yeah. a bottle of beer. Do you remember the W's? They were the Christian no. version of that. That was actually really good. No. no you are weren't. the devil and no, you weren't. are bad. Boop, oh, I boop. do know that. Boop, do, 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 boop. It's a fun song. Boop, you, boom boom, God, boom. What low boop, standards boop, do, 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 boop, do we have boom, boom, of Christian boom, boom, boom. art?
0: What no, low the standards? The W's were
1: good. The W's were good. You are the devil and you are bad. You are no. bad. it fits the, like if you like that style of music as someone who appreciates ska, I like the W's. Gosh,
0: I hate you so much. I this li- is I, this God. is where this is where 90s Luke and Gomer have to part company, right? No, because you, you, you accepted music into your life. Because it aped culture but had a Christian thing on it, and they weren't good or talented, or they were no, weird they as hell. Were very... And you cover for them because they had a cross out of the letter T in the name of their band, or something like that. Or they played the a Cornerstone. were very good. Ladies and the gentlemen, were... Exhibit A: Joy Electric. Ladies and gentlemen, and the Exhibit B, of... the Don't w. You, you watch? You watch your mouth. You watch <laughs> your mouth. Joy yeah. Electric is so good. No, no. Nineties
1: Luke, <laughs> so get no. the. Back. No, no, especially the later Joy Electric actually gets really good. Like when he gets to like uh like the like the um the clockmaster, it's really uh like it's really good. But it's it's of us. It's a specific genre. Like he was. It's no. very good. No, the, it's no. very genre specific.
0: Okay, I got a plot twist okay. for you. I got a plot twist mm-hmm. for you, real quick. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now this is this is the ADD roller coaster back to <laughs> vulnerability let, let let me let me let me break this open a little bit from my own disco line disco for a run. okay vulnerability as opposed to exhibitionism right or or voyeurism right part of our show is that often we are we are vulnerable we are we want to be authentic real whatever honest whatever term you want to use that that the hipsters like the problem is our audience uh, gets in contact with us through that. Um, they have touch points with us through the things that we share. They thank us for being honest and authentic, and blah blah blah. Um, which is what we are trying to do. And I am super mm-hmm. conscious about being an exhibitionist. When we had that couple on who was going yes. through practically a divorce, that was, and we, we that thought felt it was dirty. Yeah, we thought it was years ago. Turns out it was. They were right in the middle of their. Affairs and drug addictions and all <laughs> like, this stuff oh yeah no, here they are. three months ago, <laughs> yeah, we're like, wait what oh god um, <laughs> the the reality, the reality is um, as a speaker so let's let's take it off into let's go into Catholic culture land um, there is a tendency, and I would say you know this comes in waves of faux vulnerability, right so right, if you take those four spaces arena or public social. Personal, private, or intimate. Mm-hmm. Um, when I'm on stage at a Soonville Youth Conference, there there can be up to six thousand kids there. Usually around four, three to four thousand. Now you take that and you look at that. What part? Now I, weaving your own testimony is important, but there is a difference between sharing something that is constructive. And being honest and authentic mm-hmm. and vulnerable from mm-hmm. a stage where you're not going to have a relationship with these kids, other than that public sense of belonging, you're all looking at me, and I'm sharing the best of me that I can. But I have been on stage, not at a Summerville Youth Conference because they vet those speakers so much, but I have been on stage at you know diocesan events and whatnot, where the leader will wildly overstep, or the speaker, or the host. Or, or or a musician who does ten minutes of talking in between every song will wildly overshare and do and do a, a like a humility or a, a vulnerability thing, but you it leaves you being like oh my god like one time a um, a guy admitted to him and his before he knew what the church's teaching was him and his wife would look at pornography together to get them in the mood, and he said that to uh, a Whoa. A, men, a men's group of like young adults and stuff. And everyone in that men's group was like, cause they were, they were young. They were like, uh, I got to get out of here. Um, you have elements of that, that are really wildly inappropriate, but it sounds like I'm just being real, bro. I'm just being real. What, what are your thoughts on that? Because there's an honesty. Like you need to be honest yeah. from the stage. Yep. The moment yep. you're not honest, the moment you're saying things you want them to hear, you're, 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 you're jeopardizing the very point of why you're up there or why you have a microphone or whatever. What what are your thoughts? You know, I've experienced that same thing in ministry where you're you know you're
1: just trying to uh, say hey like um, the less people on the mic actually the better. You know, it's a thing we tried to do a lot with uh, stuff that I was involved with. I'd be like, listen, only three people can ever talk into the into this microphone. Maybe four, but that's it. Like, we need to keep this. This cannot be passed around to. You know the like side the you know the backup singer, the guitarist guy, the MC, the the yeah. keynotes, the priest. Can I just you know, can got, I just
0: say something real quick? Can I just say I have yeah. seen weekend <laughs> retreats totally. ruined because
1: people yeah, do that. especially <laughs> a musicians where and they, and they're, it's coming from a good place where they want to minister and they have, feel like there's something on their like I don't doubt their intentions, but they they really it actually like is very counter unproductive um, and if the medium is the message you have to match it with what's going it's okay so on the on the podcast here and i'm not saying that we have that we have been been um been perfect at all um there and i think okay i'll I'll take i'll take good podcast I feel like we have tried we have done our best to emulate this Good podcast. There's an appropriate amount of time to unpack this stuff, and there's enough of um, a distance from when it happened that you're talking about it from more of an analytical place than you are. Uh, I need to get this off of my heart, or yeah. I, or I need to I need um, to share my heart. So there are things that you know I have talked about as on here where I've used past relationships. As examples, but I have done it because I feel like it involves things that either haven't been talked about or it fits what we are. I'm talking about, and I have, I mean, I'm over it, so it's easy to talk about it and to share where I was in those things. But it also, like, we have an hour and a half, two hours to unpack these things, and if you're on, and we've built up a certain, and, like, and just, I mean, a podcast is especially on one like ours is it's inherently more intimate. And now that can be bad. That can easily go bad. But, um, when you're on stage, when you are doing these things, if it doesn't fit, you know, if you've got, you know, 20 minutes and you don't have to share this really deep, you know, like there's a, you haven't like earned that right to be heard. Right. Right. You know? And I think on our show, um, Quite we've often, that people right like spades. Yeah, we've earned that right. Yeah, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, yeah, ex- exactly. Or like they—they're coming here because they want to hear that. Yeah. So th- there's this their their expectations have been managed through just the very nature of of our brand and who we are and how we're going about doing doing stuff, which is a bit of um, corporate speak, and I hate that. But it's just it, you know, Your it's brand. Your And brand I, I know, thing. right? I'm like, oh, that just kill me now. Um but it um when you're on stage and you're doing that and people they don't know who you are, it 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 actually it's very counterproductive because it's again, you're not actually dwelling in reality. And quite often you're actually in God's way.
0: Ooh, that's true. Because you're making it all about you. When people yes. overshare, they're making it all about them. When you let multiple people on the microphone who shouldn't be on there, they're putting the spotlight on them. Wow. And and there are, yeah. And they're like, and
1: like, we don't name names on our podcast for the most part. Um, I don't get that specific with past. I don't like, I just bring up things as an example. And it's, I mean, it's, if you know who, if you know the people in my life from, you know, 10, like 10 to 20 years ago. Now it's not that hard to put the pieces together, but that's such a small group of people
0: yeah and they don't listen that anywhere. it so
1: yeah no, no and so uh, besides my mom and my yeah. the funny part, it's like my family it's none of our none of our Christian friends, they all hate us um, and how and also like you can edit it mm-hmm. you know yeah, so, like, it's you not can a go live through thing. And,
0: yeah, yeah not really. yeah,
1: and I would never say some of the stuff that I say on here live if yeah. I was doing a talk because it's not um it's two totally different mediums.
0: Yeah, it really is. It really is. Well, Luke, uh, you have illuminated my heart. Uh, I feel like um, you should say something incredibly vulnerable to our audience that you've never shared with anyone in your entire life. Hmm. You should. I think say I heard right God's now.
1: voice in my pa- in my parents' own bedroom when I was in like fourth grade or something.
0: Oh, really? What What did he sound like? A brusque uh, Charlton Heston.
1: No, it was a very deep voice. It was actually really weird. Have, have, I, have I told this no. to you before?
0: No. I was joking so about I was you like, being vulnerable. But oh. okay.
1: <laughs> I was I mean, um, 9 or 10, and I was taking a nap in my parents' room. I have no idea why. And I had the covers over my head, and I saw this really bright light, and I heard a very deep voice say, Luke.
0: Ooh. That was, that was it. Oh, man. That's the exact opposite of my experience in Oklahoma. I I was I I was not sleeping. I couldn't sleep. I was staring up at the ceiling and I rolled over to put my back to the bedroom window. I had one of those beds I was pushed into the corner of the, you know, where the wall is and stuff. So I had a wall on one side. I used to to fall out of my bed all the time. So I have the, the wall as a bed rail, basically. And I put my back to the window and I just heard the most horrific voice that I've ever heard. Say my name, oh, geez. and I rem- and I remember it so vividly. And I was like, I don't know, second grade, third grade, and I remember it, someone just saying like, Michael, like this. That that was stupid. That sounded like I'll, I'll get you, gadget. But uh, <laughs> it was this. It was with this. Your cat. Yeah, with your, pen, your metal hand. Uh, it was this bone-chilling voice, and I remember freaking out. And I couldn't turn around, so I just started praying the Saint Michael the Archangel prayer. I was probably in third grade, if I'm thinking about it. Love and... that you knew that prayer in third grade. Yeah, well, I mean, it's my namesake, bruh. It's my namesake, bruh. Oh, no, no, it's um, good. I said I
1: love that you knew that prayer. Yeah. I'm not making fun of you.
0: No, I know. Even if you did, I'd be vulnerable. I'd still accept so those arrows. S- uh, so sensitive. <laughs> <laughs> so sensitive. So yeah, I remember I remember <laughs> I remember praying the Saint Michael the Archangel prayer and just and not being able to fall asleep for like yeah, for hours. That's crazy. Ugh, yeah, And now well, you know. On that now note, you know. <laughs> now, you know. now you know.
1: Now you know. Now you know.
0: I yeah. am Rosemary's baby. This, You know, I've never watched that movie. Yeah, me either. I don't watch horror movies. Is, is, is it a horror movie, though? Yeah, it's about giving birth to the Antichrist, right? Isn't that the whole premise of the movie? I think so. I don't think it's horror, though. I could be there was there was uh, Wes Craven or one of those horror guys made a movie called The Unborn, and it was about a fetus that was the Antichrist, and Christian groups wouldn't let you abort it because abortion's wrong, but the mother won. It was something bizarre like that, and I was like, oh my God, they literally made a horror movie out of abortion and the Antichrist. All is lost. We're now in the darkest timeline.
1: Uh, Do you think horror films are they uh, like good or like? Do you think they're inherently? You
0: know, it's funny. I was talking to this uh, this super conservative Catholic theologian, and he's like, "I love horror movies." And I was like, "Really? I can't get anywhere near them." Ever since I heard Satan's voice when I was in third grade, and he said, "I didn't say that." Uh, And he said, (laughs) "No, there is something. There is something powerful about being scared and knowing that it's going to be all right because it's just a stupid movie." Or whatever, and I was yeah, like, no, I I'm, can't, I can't, I can never do that. I mean, there are scary I mean, movies that I've liked, but I, I can't gore. No, like House of a Thousand Corpses, you know the Rob Zombie stuff. No, I can't do that. But different, like thriller type things, uh, maybe. But like Friday the Thirteenth, like, I like no. Silence
1: of the Lambs. But yeah, but I can't do. Yeah, I don't like. Uh, I think for me, as dark as would like getting are things like Mindhunter. I love my I love Mindhunter.
0: Uh last thing I'm gonna say, I almost had my kids watch the Blair Witch project. Uh you know, That's I, think random. My, I think my four year old would have loved that. Um I'm just kidding. Instead we watched Karate Kid and they freaking <laughs> loved it. Yeah, they yeah, they did. It's it. great. Oh, You're yeah.
1: the best. All, right.
0: All right. I, uh, when my kids were doing gymnastics on Saturday, uh, one of them did some cool move, and I just started singing that in front of all the parents, <laughs> and they were like, turn stop, you're the best around, around.
1: I love, oh man, man, that film really, like, that was why I wanted to do karate, and my parents, and mm-hmm. they enrolled me in Taekwondo.
0: Yeah, what tools? I told my parents to enroll... <laughs> to enroll me in taekwondo because there was this really gorgeous woman named nicole newman and she was in that class and my next-door neighbor owned the dojo so i got up to yellow belt three stripe and then i quit because she left and my brother left so i had nothing to live for i was done
1: i remember when i saw i got i think i got up to the yellow belt as well and i remember seeing all the requirements to go higher and i was like this is a little weird he had to like uh, meditate on certain things and do other stuff. I was like, I'm not doing that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Calligraphy. Screw that guy. Uh, <laughs> that's, a bit, that's a bit much. But I'll tell you, oh. I'll tell you the Karate Kid, man, they hit some, you know, it, it's uh, poor Danny gets bullied like crazy, moves to a new town. The girl that he likes, it's nice that Elizabeth Shue instantly likes She's him. way out of her league. Way and, out. It of makes it. no way. It makes no sense. Why, yeah, but she's rich. Go on. She's gorgeous.
1: But uh, He's it, poor was, it was An Italian.
0: <laughs> it was a great movie to break open certain themes with my kids because I was like, okay, oh, what yeah. is the problem with the guy? The ultimate bad guy is the dojo leader dude from from uh, Cobra Kai, and I said, what is his problem? Like, why why are his students like freaking out? And they're like, I don't know. Aren't they all evil? And I go, no. See, this is the deal. He's the ultimate big bad. He wants to win at all costs, even if it's dishonorable. And even though these kids are bullies, there's a couple of them who are like, that's too far. I'm not going to do it. But look at what they do. They do it. He sweeps the leg, right? He, or he, he puts, tries to put Danny out yeah. of the tournament. Sw- put him in a body bag. Yeah! But he, he, he does an illegal move, which gets him disqualified. And he di- and then the first thing he drops next to him, and he's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. You know, And you're like, huh, this is a great lesson for the kiddos. So. Well, Luke, I have to go. My eleven thirty appointment is here, and we're going to talk marriage preparation. Well, hey, this was fun.
1: Oh, this by the way, fun. the um, th- the TV show that I forgot the name of. Sorry, um, the movie whose name I forgot uh, uh, last week was Palm Spring.
0: It's yeah, very no one good. cares. No Palm one cares. Spring. No one cares, this. Luke.